Keep your sword straight, maintain your weight, but he ate too much monosodium glumate and polysorbate and drunk grape concentrate with sodium benzoate, fried chicken thighs and triglycerides. It's the Going Off Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. I'm not feeling that. It sounds like, <laughs> it sounds like, dude, it, that's like almost cheating. Not on your part, but on their part. <laughs> they just all happen to have the same suffix. Yeah, he he just looked at the back of like a fucking uh, bottle of pop or something like that, <laughs> or like the ingredients, you know. It's almost like if you if you wrote a verse and you were like homosexual, pansexual, bisexual. It's like, dude, I, it's the same. You can't do that. That's not. That's not. The hell. That's from what? What did you say? Woo wear. Woo wear. Woo wear. From the. Uh, soundtrack to high school high oh yeah and like in there i guess like marissa gave this song to them for the soundtrack but the funny thing about it is it's like it's called woo wear the garment renaissance like that's the name of the song (laughs) it was just sounds like an ad for their fucking clothing but the funny thing is when you listen to the song like it's not well like it seems like it's not really about it right so you know, it starts off the course is like, ain't what you want, baby. It's what you need, baby. And you're like, oh, of course, he's talking about the clothes, right? But here's how he goes about it. He, like, talks about this guy who's, like, used to live, like, this really, you know, fucked up life. And he, and he ate all this processed food. That's where these lines come from. And then, uh, then he opened up his eyes and became civilized. And spent time among the wise. And went through a garment renaissance. But here's what he says. And he stopped wearing Benetton, Tommy Hill, Perry Ellis, Nautica, or Liz Claiborne. And instead started wearing, uh, Kanai's Cross Colors, Shabazz Brothers, Pelly Pell, uh, and for the new year, Strictly Woo Wear. Like, (laughs) like, like, literally associating your fucking clothing line with a lifestyle change. (laughs) Like, only the enlightened, uh, fellow man can wear these clothes. I think it's very funny that they decided to use that song, but in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> because normally when a song is in a movie, unless it's, oh, I was going to say unless it's over the, over the uh, ending credits, normally there's something else going on, you don't really hear the words, no one's really paying attention. But then, if it's over the ending credits, no one's listening because everyone's leaving. Yeah. If the point I of that song thought- really is to advertise your line of clothes, if not, then, then you're just pretty much telling people, hey, we have clothes. We're not going to tell you what it's like or what any of it is. Do we have hats, pullovers, snapbacks, button-ups? Oh, just letting you know there is a clothing line and anyone can wear it. If you're civilized and you don't eat processed food. (laughs) I thought it was like, hey man, he was eating all these processed foods and he couldn't fit into our woo wear. (laughs) He couldn't button that, 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 uh, that top button. Because he was eating all this processed food, but then he changed his life around, and now he's able to look so stylish in this limited edition woo-wear t-shirt for a low, low price of 45 fucking dollars. <laughs> Every rapper who has merch on their website, especially Wu-Tang, their shit is so expensive. Yeah. A t-shirt is like 50 goddamn dollars. It's like, Jesus. So, so that's how they keep this empire going, huh? 
hell, like, why release albums consistently when you could be selling shirts at ridiculously high prices and auctioning off albums for millions of dollars? <laughs> now, you know the um. Okay, so you know the funny thing, right? The song's called Woo Wear, right? Mm-hmm. You know who's on the song? Uh, John Lovitz. No. <laughs> That'd be funny. Oh man, he no. said it was from High School High. Wasn't that, that the movie which with John is so Lovitz? weird. Because that song, that movie's kind of like a derivative of like, uh, what was it? Uh, the movie with Gangster's Paradise in it. Dangerous Minds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like basically that concept, but with silly John Lovitz, you know. Yeah, or, um, oh god, was it Freedom Riders? Yeah, yeah, shit like that. Where it's like, oh, the, the uptight, the uptight white and or Latino in some instances, uh, substitute <laughs> teacher tries to make good. Yeah, he has to reach these kids. <laughs> I remember the, I remember the, the trailer for, uh, for High School High. Which I'd seen a couple times growing up. I don't even think it was that funny of a movie. But, um... I remember it's like... They're, they're all at this dance. And they're all like listening to records or whatever. And for some reason... The album uh, Rhinestone Cowboy makes its way onto the... Uh, uh, on onto the, onto the on the uh, wheels of steel, so to speak. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and the guy starts cutting it up, and like John Lovitz is just like looking as like his own personal record is like being destroyed. <laughs> I mean, now maybe it is good. I don't know. John Lovitz isn't but, exactly the seal of quality. I, I, that was a uh, that was a good. I remember liking it, and the critic that was kind of funny. The critic right? is still funny. The critic stands up as like one of the funniest cartoons, at least early on, because it was very much like The Simpsons. They switched networks at one point. It got canceled on Fox, and then it got picked up by like I want to say like ABC or NBC, and the humor changed. And you can even tell that they um the animation style changed to the point where they gave. Uh, John Lovitz's character bigger eyes and tried to make him look more likable <laughs> because they thought he looked like too kind of like disheveled and ugly I guess but like that was kind of the point <laughs> that it was like a homely yeah. dude no I remember watching like they had like online uh the webisodes yeah dude they were not good <laughs> they weren't nearly as good as the ones on TV no it was kind of like a, a Max Headroom thing, you know, like, there was one point where he had, like, the, uh, where, where it was, like, the show that was about, like, the lore of the character, and there's another show that was in America that was, like, literally, like, if it was just his show, you know? Oh, you're talking about Max Headroom? Yeah. I'm not really up on my he- my Max Headroom knowledge. All I know is he was a shill for, uh, Pepsi, or Coke, I forget which, and it was like the new Coke. The catch, 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 catch the wave. Catch, catch, catch the wave. And um, that one time that the dude who still hasn't been caught pirated yeah. that, <laughs> that episode of Doctor Who and like uh-huh. sat in front of that weird moving background and got spanked wearing a Max Headroom mask. That shit was so weird. It's, it's really fucking creepy, but also funny at the same time. Yeah, someone tried to s- transcribe what he was saying, and it was just like, half of it kind of makes sense. 
because yeah, <laughs> I have not so much. There's a weird distortion <laughs> on his voice that like makes it sound like metallic. Yeah, like it sounds it sounds a lot more demonic than I think that guy was going for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just wanted distorted. He had no idea it would sound like I don't know, like an like a chipmunk's record just set on a weird From speed. Hell. <laughs> but uh so uh, going back to it. So like who's on the who's on this song about woo wear, right? Mm. It's like, you know, you, you got nine members to choose from, you know. So you got RZA doing the first verse. You got Method Man doing the chorus and Capadonna, and that's it. <laughs> huh. like, you know, like you're thinking this is going to be like their defining song. Fucking, you get the whole crew out representing Wu Wear. And all they could get was Method Man for a chorus and the guy who's technically not even a member of Wu-Tang yet. Uh. <laughs> Like, why Why would you do that? You, you know what I just realized? And uh, I don't remember how I saw this or where I saw it, but I just learned that uh, Ghostface was on a remix of... Um, of that stick. What? No, not that one. <laughs> Older. Um, Irreplaceable by Beyonce. What? Dude, huh. yeah, he's like, you know, the whole, you know, can't know about me, you must not know about me. And then the, then the chorus rolls in and goes faces like, I'm irreplaceable, baby. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's, it's not that bad of a guest verse, but on a song like, to the left, to the left, you wouldn't expect, like, a member of Wu-Tang to be on the, on the remix. But yeah, he just bursts in and, like, it sounds pretty natural. But yeah, I thought it was weird. Uh, I I kind of figured you you would have been like, oh yeah, a, a fucking course. Everyone knows that Ghostface did a remix of Irreplaceable, but I never heard it get played anywhere. I'd never heard this. Like, isn't it crazy how you'll be like a fan of something for a really long time, and someone will just be like, what you haven't heard this? Is like, I, no. Like, I was a fan of Cowboy Bebop for the longest time. Never knew that there was a movie. Oh, hmm. For example, people are people are uh, in the episode where I talked about Nardwar's cousin. Oh yeah, the best of episode. They're like, "What? You don't know who Nardwar is? Oh fucking! Uh, oh man, you don't know dick about music. You don't know who Nardwar is." I was like, "I no. He's like some Canadian uh, interviewer, and I, I'm not from Canada, so like they weren't exactly playing Nardwar's show on like fucking you know." MTV. Uh, 97.5, yeah. He wasn't exactly a common person that you saw on MTV. No, which is weird because he was like, he had his finger on the pulse of that shit. Like, there's video of him interviewing Nirvana in the early 90s, and it's like, dude. Yeah, I saw that. Why wouldn't they have given him a fucking show on MTV? It seems like a natural fit. Yeah, it's weird how that happens. That fucking interview is is kind of annoying. By the way, like, Dude. I, I watched his... Oh uh, my god, Nardwar is so fucking, like, annoying sometimes. And you watch, Like, it, I, I, I don't want to hate on Dude, but it just feels like he's, like, not in tune with what the person's energy is. Like, especially in that interview. Like, he's just like, do-do-do-do. Hey, Kurt, do-do-do-do. And it's like, he's obviously not responding to it. Like, he's just like, do-do? Like, what are you... What the fuck are you doing? See, that I kind of love that he only has one speed. And he can't adjust. <laughs> but what was annoying to me He's was... Like, hey, guys, we're going to talk about this. And did you know that? It's just like... Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> everything, 
everything goes on that little arc. <laughs> yeah, like it's almost like a voice squeak or like a voice crack. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently the story with that, because I watched his, uh, his TED Talks, which was, it's really inspiring. It's almost like, don't take no for an answer. If, if you want uh. something, go out and do it for yourself. It's, it's, really, a, it's really an interesting watch. <laughs> um, he talks about how he interviewed Courtney Love. And uh. um, they, had a, they had a good interview or whatever. And she really liked it. She had fun with it. And he left a tape of his interview with Courtney Love, like, in Nirvana's, like, dressing room, hoping that Kurt would find it and listen to it and like it. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he did, and he thought it was great. And then there's, like, uh, he just kind of shows up, and Courtney Love is going backstage, and all the bouncers are like, uh, no one gets back to see the band. No one goes back to see the band. And, and Courtney Love is like, oh, that's my cousin Nardwar. He can come right through. And there he is. Oh. He just goes into the fucking hotel room or motel room from the, from the look of it. Just sits down and talks to fucking Nirvana. Just because he got lucky, pretty much. So, so that's why he says that. S- s- says what? At the end of the interview, like... Kurt seems like really like pissed off and they, they're like trying to get him to you know on the radio they're like you're listening to such and such radio and he's like Kurt can we get you to do the thing can we get you to do the thing and he's just like do what thing and he's like say say you're listening to CITR radio and he's just like you're you're listening to CITR radio he's like could you say I'm Kurt and I'm listening to CITR radio oh. and he's just like I'm Nardwar's cousin <laughs> oh okay <laughs> yeah that's Maybe where that's that sample yeah. part came from yeah, it's it's fucking weird. It's it's like uh, it's just him doing radio, not being any fucking buddy, and just going out on limbs, seeing if people will talk to him. And uh, most of the time, he's quirky enough that he gets their attention, which inspired yeah. me to ask him to be on the on the podcast with us. But then he uh, he wrote he wrote me back and said that he wasn't cool enough. What? <laughs> Do you remember? I sent him an email. And he said, uh, oh, I don't know if I'm cool enough yet. I'll have to get back to you. And then he, t- and, and then he told me to enjoy my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> He's weird as fuck. I love him. <laughs> and like, we- you were actually eating a sandwich? He's like, how the fuck did he know that? Dude, I was. <laughs> I wrote him back. I was like, dude, that's fine. But how the fuck did you know I was eating a sandwich? dude what if he's molly like (laughs) oh shit i'm just gonna look in the closet and see that 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 scottishy hat in the closet yeah like (gasps) i watched some of the interviews maybe i'm just not watching the right ones but it feels like whenever Mm. i watch an interview it's just like He's like, hey, here's this obscure thing. Hey, here's this other obscure record thing. Hey, here's this third obscure record thing. It's like, are you going to ask him any questions? Nope. Like, <laughs> oh, it kind of seems like, like his thing is it's like, I already know. That's basically the interview. I already know the obscure thing you like. I have a gift for you. It's an obscure record. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like and the person always be like, holy shit, I love this. <laughs> I think that's the whole point. Just they're telling the viewer things instead of asking the questions. Uh. But I guess it's just like the reactions are 
are like funnier because it, it kind of humanizes these people that you see as like oh like they're just musicians or whatever but then it's like oh shit like they're fucking fanboys for shit maybe that's just the, just the charm of it and I, and I just don't like get it on that level because like to me when I watch the interview it just looks like oh this guy's just giving this rich guy stuff like <laughs> He could easily buy himself if he wanted it. <laughs> the uh, the one part of his TED Talks I thought was funny where he was talking about um, he was scheduled to interview Snoop Dogg and he had no idea. He knew nothing about Snoop Dogg. He was just like, I'm just going to wing this one. His friend bought this Red Fox doll from an antique store and he was like, fuck it. I'll just see if Snoop Dogg likes Red Fox. So he brought the doll with him, did the interview, and just was like, hey, I have a gift for you, a one-of-a-kind Red Fox doll. And Snoop Dogg's just like, oh, shit, this is, like, the coolest fucking thing. Can I can I keep this? And he's like, ah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and that's just kind of how that kind of, like, came to be. Yeah, because apparently they're like good friends. Like when he, when I saw like the couple of interviews they did with them, they're just like, dude, we're the fucking. We've been interviewing for like two decades now, man. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. It's really inspiring. Yeah, I, I don't. I still don't know what human serviette means. Yeah, he's he's a human napkin. I don't know what that means. Yeah, that, that seems kind of like self-deprecating. Have you have you ever seen his band? Like the music videos of his band. No. It's weird. Because, like, they're an okay, like, like rock band, but it's just weird to see him in a rock band. Like, if anybody else was a lead singer, it'd be like, hey, okay, whatever. But then you got Nardwar in there, dressed like Nardwar, singing along, and it's just like, it, it takes it to a whole <laughs> new level of weird. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. So, could we still get him on the show? Did you hit him back? Uh, I'm, I, honestly, I, I don't want to shit talk him, like, on the show or whatever, but I'm pretty sure that's maybe a, uh, like, a standard response, probably. Like, I, I'm I, not cool enough for you, sir. <laughs> he just goes like, ha I'm not cool enough for you. Seriously, don't email me back ever again. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know if that's, like, an auto-response, or, or, like, if he actually took time to write that out, but, dude, I, I still really, really want him on. And, I mean, <laughs> if I learned anything from his TED Talks, it's to not give up, and to be persistent, and be an annoying asshole, so... <laughs> Sorry, Nardwar, but you're still on the list of guests, of, uh, dream guests for 2017. Yeah, this is happening. <laughs> it's fucking happening. It's only January. Well... You don't have to like it, you just have to do it. <laughs> that's true! I was just gonna say, <laughs> but by the time this goes up, it'll be February, but still, we got 11 months to get Nardwar on the show. Uh, something we'd mentioned on the show before that I wanted to bring back up because there's a new development. The Chris Brown Soulja Boy fight. Oh my god, is that shit still happening? There, well, if you ask me, no. But, there is an update. So, the last time we spoke of it, uh, Chris Brown was being trained by uh, Iron Mike Tyson, and Soulja Boy was being trained by Floyd Mayweather. Uh, the update was that Floyd Mayweather was too busy, and he had to back out, or Soulja Boy fired him. It's kind of up in the air as to what exactly happened, but he got a replacement. Would you believe me if I told you Soulja Boy is being trained by none other than Evander Holyfield? What the hell? So, 
You got Mike Does he Tyson. Not have stuff to do? I'm I'm guessing he's got nothing to do. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone mention Evander Holyfield's name since like the late nineties. <laughs> so still I just don't understand how he's get like I don't know. I, I go on, go on, because what I'm going to say, I just have nothing to fucking say. Like, why is this fucking happening? <laughs> so as of right now, there is no date planned. There is no venue selected. I don't think this shit's happening. I don't get what the hoopla is. Why they keep talking about this? Since the last time we talked about it, Chris Brown has been mum. On this, Soldier Boy keeps talking it up, talking it up, and Chris Brown is just completely ignoring it. I don't even know if Mike Tyson's even still training him. He probably yeah, isn't. See, here's my thing. I keep hearing uh, Soldier Boy talk about it. Like you said, I don't hear Chris Brown talk about it. And, you know, you think the guy who's like, I mean, he's the bigger star. Let's not even play this for a second. No. You think he'd be like, well, first of all, you think he wouldn't even be giving credence to this shit in the first fucking place. Like, that's his first off. You know what I mean? I'm surprised he went as far as to get Mike Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. But secondly, like, shouldn't this be a bigger deal? Shouldn't, like, news outlets be talking about this all the time? Oh, what's Chris Brown doing for the training? Like, I just don't hear about it except out of Soldier Boy's mouth. I'm assuming that Soldier Boy is such is such like a cancer that like nobody wants to touch the story because he's attached to it. <laughs> because they're just gonna think like, oh man, fucking Soldier Boy. That's like a that's like a joke from 2008, isn't it? No, no, we're, we're not we're not even gonna run this. Yeah, but it's got fucking uh, Chris Brown. He's like he's still doing stuff, and he got Mike Tyson. He was in those uh, Hangover Hangover movies, and he's got a cartoon on Adult Swim. It's like no, no, no. It's fucking Soldier Boy. We're not, we're not running it. <laughs> you could have him in a fight with fucking DJ Khaled, and it wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter how relevant the other guy is. The other guy is still Soulja Boy. <laughs> no, but what I was going to say about this was, you got Mike Tyson, you got Evander Holyfield, two relatively washed-up names from the 90s that it almost reminds you of the 2017 Royal Rumble. <laughs> and you were live tweeting throughout throughout the show, yeah, yeah. so I, w I wanted to ask your uh, your opinions on on on, uh, on on a few things. Yeah, you know, all right. I just want to say first off, it always feels like everyone I watch wrestling with is always like similarly in the know about how much they hate it, but are still watching it. What is up with that? See, I'll I'll let you in on a secret. I watch. <laughs> is that part of the kayfabe? Like, are we supposed to not like it? See, no, I think we're supposed to like it. Um, <laughs> I watch WWE the same way I used to watch uh, Doctor Who, in that I'm not setting my hopes up a lot, but I still enjoy it to an extent. So if it's a good show, hey, it's a good show. But if it sucked and if it was boring, eh, you know, I wasn't really expecting greatness, so I wasn't really let down. Uh, but with pro wrestling, I don't watch it regularly anymore. I'm pretty casual. I watch the pay-per-views on the network. I don't even have the network. I'm leeching off someone else's account. So whenever these shows come up and they're talking about feuds that are going on, for the most part, I'm pretty much out of the loop and I don't really know what's going on. But with a show like The Rumble, 
The Royal Rumble match always means the same thing, or at least it has since uh, 91, where if you win, you are the number one contender for the championship at WrestleMania. So that's all you really need to know. Uh, so it's a pretty good show for people who aren't really wrestling fans because, A, it's fun because you just get to pick someone. Like, I don't know who's going to win. Uh, I want this guy. And then you can see yeah. if your guy wins. Um, Dylan, I, and Molly all watched the Rumble and we all picked arbitrary numbers. Uh, we didn't know who's going to be that number. Uh, none of our guys won. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking New Day, man. <laughs> I know it wasn't going to happen, but I wanted it to happen so bad. <laughs> I wanted it to happen where they were the last three left and it would be like, oh shit, we had to fight each other. <laughs> dude, yeah. It, I, I think that, I think they'd be like, dude, that would almost like kill the group, so let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it just made sense to have them all eliminated at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Not like this. Dude, every year Kofi does, like, something cool or whatever, that almost taking my fucking head off with a turnbuckle spot, <laughs> that was scary, dude. I wasn't even sure if that, like, happened right. But then he was hanging on, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> scared the fuck out of me. I thought he, like, killed himself. Are we about to watch a man die? <laughs> I don't want to have to see Kofi Kingston die. Not like this. <laughs> That's supposed to be this way. So I, I saw you tweeting about the pre-show too, because I saw I saw you tweet about uh, Sasha Banks. Yeah, <laughs> dude. When I just saw Nia Jax walk in. I was like, oh my god, Sasha Banks is going to die. <laughs> like, sh shouldn't they have some sort of like weight classes for this shit? <laughs> Dude, honestly, yeah, there definitely should be. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> They're like, hey, women's division, who cares? It doesn't make sense why you would have a, a match like the Rumble where you got people like the New Day or Jack Gallagher walking in there with a fucking umbrella. <laughs> and then you got people like Braun Strowman walking in and it's like, all right, this isn't even fucking hey, he, fair. He held his own for a minute, though. <laughs> I have no idea you know, why he went in with an umbrella. I still don't know. You know, uh, Jess was making a point. She was like, you know, you can't go in with weapons. Why is no one else? Like, he's the only one that decided to bring up a melee weapon. Like, someone could literally just go in with a gun and just be like, all right, everybody out. <laughs> just motion the gun towards, like, the outside of the ring. Out, out. <laughs> this week... On the Going Off podcast, we were we're uh, reviewing three thousand one: A Laced Odyssey by Flatbush Zombie, uh, uh, requested by Ty McDaniel. And if you want a personalized uh, album review on the Going Off podcast, it is a one-time forty-dollar pledge to either Patreon.com/slash/RapCritic or Patreon.com/slash/Muse. And when I say one-time pledge, that means once you hit the button that says, "Hey, I want to pledge forty bucks for an album review." The, the one time you're charged at the end of the month or the beginning of the next month, you're good. You're locked in. You don't need to pay a second $40. That's what that means. Yeah, no. And, and don't do the opposite where you're like, hey, I put in 40 Now do the review. And then immediately like take your pledge back because it won't count it. That don't work. <laughs> I, I don't let your name down until it says that your fucking pledge was approved. Don't try to cheat me, motherfucker. <laughs> I think that's only fair. But, uh, yeah, th th that's how it goes, ju just to make it clear. So, Ty McDaniel, a while ago, which is why we bumped up the price from, from 20 to 40, because we were getting way too many reviews, and we, we kind of wanted to slow it down <laughs> just a little bit. 
because stem the tide. Yeah, because Ty has been waiting a fucking minute for this. So, <laughs> Flatbush Zombie. Um, I've never listened to him before. Um, so I really wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't hear anything bad about them. So my uh, my opinion going in was neutral. I didn't have any uh, preconceived opinions or anything. Um, the first thing I saw was the music video for Bounce because I wanted to. Uh, uh, before I even listened to the album, I checked out their YouTube, uh, watched the, I think they got three, three or four music videos for uh, songs off the album, and I watched the video for Bounce, and my first takeaway, which is what I mes- uh, messaged you, was it reminded me almost like Danny Brown, if Danny Brown had, like, a normal voice. Yeah, well, except for, uh, what's his name? One of the dudes... Yeah, one of the dudes has a weird voice. Michi. Oh, uh, yeah. Old uh, Michi Darko. Yeah. Yeah. You got Michi Darko, Zombie Juice, and Eric the Architect, <laughs> who make up uh, uh, Flatbush uh, Zombies. Nah, but um, honestly, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say overall, I dug this album a good bit. Um, it, uh, it's an hour long. It didn't really feel like it. I had to I had to take a few times to uh to get through it because some of these songs are considerably longer than others. The opening track is six minutes. And yeah, well, no, I, I don't know, like five minutes except for like the little mini song things. Yeah, you have you have a couple interludes. Um, but yeah, most of the songs hover around four, uh, four to five minutes minutes, except for the last one. But that's but that's a different case. Yeah, your favorite rap song is a is a different uh, case entirely. But um, <laughs> and, uh, coincidentally, it is not my favorite rap song. <laughs> oh no! I hate when that happens. <laughs> um, but um, overall, uh, RC, how did you feel about uh, three thousand one, a laced odyssey by Flatbush Zombies? Uh so I I had heard like one or two people talk about them before. And like, people were like, oh, Flat was either that or I'm getting them confused with Hollywood Undead. I don't really know. That. <laughs> oh, God. Then, then, that's a uh, unfortunate insult towards uh, Flatbush Zombies. <laughs> Sorry, this is like, like, name of something and then undead creature. Like, it's just kind of like, you know. <laughs> name, name of a city or geographical location and undead creature. It just kind of, you know, threw me off. But, uh, yeah, so... I'm listening to this, and, you know, like, I, I listened to it the first time. They talk about LSD and Tupac a lot. I noticed like, that, too. Holy shit, like, there's at least, like, there are some tracks where they mentioned Tupac, like, three times per, per song. Like, nobody told the other person that they had already mentioned Tupac. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to talk about how, like, I'm bumping Tupac a now. And it's like, well, I was going to talk about how, you know, I'm blazing shit like a Phoenix Accord's son or whatever. It's just like, oh, shit. Because <laughs> the shit gets kind of like, okay, I fucking get it. You're from, wait, no, they're not even from the West Coast. They're from Flatbush. Pretty sure that's New York, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so like why the fuck do they keep me like they talk about fucking Tupac more than goddamn Kendrick Lamar and he had a literal whole interview at the end of his album <laughs> see the thing with Flatbush Zombies too is I thought they sounded they had an original enough sound that I was I was almost annoyed 
that they kept mentioning Tupac. It was like, dude, distance yourself. Not, not, yeah, yeah like, n- not to be like as an insult to Tupac or whatever, but do your own thing, man. Yeah, you don't want to make yourself too much a derivative of someone. You yeah. don't want someone to automatically be associating your music with someone greater. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, s- someone from decades ago. You know, unless there's a point like... to it. Yeah, unless there's a point to it, like with Ki- like that Kendrick did. Um, but so listening to it, it was very easy to tell who the star of the group was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that is Meech. He, dude, fucking as soon as he came in, I fucking loved his shit. I was just like, just the fact that his voice was this is weird thing. Like, I can't really imitate it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he had this one lyric. It's like, my only mission is to burn in hell and not in prison. That's why I'm spitting shit that makes Jesus question religion. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Shit. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, uh, oh, yeah, they were talking about how they're like, this is psychedelic, like, psychedelic hip-hop. Did you really get that? No. I didn't really feel that. The beats felt very down-to-earth, actually. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 at no point, really got a psychedelic feel. I know there were tracks like Fly Away, uh, Smoke Break, were chill. <laughs> um... Yeah, very down to earth, like you said. I didn't get a, a psychedelic feel. Yeah, Schoolboy Q's album was more funkadelic than this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, just so, mentioning LSD doesn't make it psychedelic, you know? Yeah, LSD and Bootsy Collins. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah. So and then like the the song, the first song, it, it, it the chorus doesn't make any sense. He's like, why I feel like the past is catching up to my ass. And then this other guy is just like, every day, me and Mary Jane. Like, I, I don't understand how these thoughts connect. Like, <laughs> like there's a lot of that on this album. Oh, oh, can I just say that fucking female screaming noise? Oh, yeah. Did you? Dude, every other goddamn track. Track one. Track two. Uh... Uh, excuse me, track one, track three, track, uh, four, six, Wait a minute. seven, uh, not six, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. All had that fucking ah, noise or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, that and noise. It, yeah. <clears throat> it, I don't know about you, but it, like. Something about that just made it, like, click to me that this did start to kind of sound samey as far as the beats were concerned. I don't know, maybe it's just my ear, but I just keep hearing the, ah! It's just like, fucking stop. <laughs> like, maybe that's the producer's calling card, and I guess it's more subtle than most, but it was just like... I guess it was if me, I didn't it was pick like, up on it. It was like right at that point where, like, I couldn't ignore it. It was just like, stop doing that. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it, maybe that's supposed to tie it together, but it just kind of made it. And it's weird for one thing to do that, but it just kind of made things feel samey for me. I, I don't fucking know. Uh, maybe maybe I'm just wrong on that shit. But uh, there definitely are continuing uh, or ongoing things that do get repeated. Um, I thought it did a good job of tying it all together as, like, a cohesive thing. It didn't make it feel samey to me exactly, because, um, I definitely thought this album was varied. There were songs that were chill as fuck, and then there were songs that went really fucking hard. Um, Trade Off, Good Grief, New new Phone Who Dis, uh, your favorite rap song, I really dug that one. Um, 
But what I think is interesting about this album is it might be the second or third album we've reviewed that gives out a phone number. Uh, well, that's obviously fake one. It's like dial six 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 such and such and such. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I th- I didn't even think about that being a fake number. Because then at the end uh, of uh, your favorite rap song, it's got all the recorded messages from fans or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that coincided. Maybe it doesn't. If it's a fake number, then never fucking mind. <laughs> no, but uh, go- going going back to it, like. Like I said, Meech is like my favorite rapper on here. First of all, because he's the most distinctive. And second of all, because the other guys, like, they can hold their own sometimes, but it feels like a lot of the time they're lacking. Like, there's one verse where he goes, I, I can't remember which one it was. Hold on. Who, who, who is it that says this one? It's, uh, Zombie Juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, like, every day a nigga wake up, gotta blaze a little chronic. Thank the universe, a blessing, a new day, a new dollar. Middle finger to my niggas and my bitches two times. Representing for my niggas in the hood. It's no ceiling. Literally. None of that rhymed. <laughs> like, like <laughs> chronic, dollar, two times, and the ceiling. And then, like, like at the end, you know how people do that bullshit where they're like, all right, that, all that didn't rhyme, but I'm kind of mixing a little rhyme into the next line. Because he goes like, represent for my niggas in the hood, it's no ceiling, selling trapping like a villain. It's just like, well, where were these rhymes before? What, what the fuck happened, you know? <laughs> like, I, I don't know why. And, like, the thing is, it's like, how can you not hear that that sounds bad? Like, to me, my ears are just like, ah. <laughs> they're, you know? they're definitely pretty out there um so uh, them oh. having a chorus or a verse that doesn't rhyme at all uh doesn't surprise me <laughs> that that, that seems sound to be like in it character. was on purpose like we're being so out there by doing this it felt like it was a normal like verse you know what i mean oh and you know what i hate huh you know what I hate? Fucking rap genius sometimes when they have a, a whole bunch of lyrics highlighted, right? Mm. And you're trying to find the meaning of one lyric uh. and it tells you the meaning of like the lyric right before it and that's not the lyric that's the weirdest one. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, well, yes, I know that won't slip away. This is serious business. Like, I know what that means. What the fuck does surrender potential pussy to me brought to you by the ungrateful police? Like, what? He got pussy from the police? What does that mean? Ah, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, and, and the fucking uh, genius annotations that Eric will never fall off because he knows what he wants to dominate the world. He avoids the temptation of opulent life revolving around money and drugs, but potentially still falls victim to the allure of sex. How the fuck does that explain pussy being brought to him by, the, by ungrateful police? Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> the line that got me and I'm pretty sure you made note of it it's in Trade Off mm-hmm. and I really like Trade Off um, Trade Off has, cool. has a pretty cool chorus and just like, like an overall uh pretty cool message i suppose where it's just you know um uh it's like that work hard play hard i just got a blow yeah. job smoke so much this well, year we couldn't get a day off 20 something years i never had a I, fucking day I, job 
I, I never got that lyric though. I smoked so much this year, I couldn't get a day off. I didn't like, get that either. Well, I'm if, guessing. Like if you're smoking weed, it sounds like you've got plenty of days off, dude. Yeah, isn't isn't that usually referred to as a vacation? Like a vacation Yo. literally is days off. <laughs> like what the fuck? Did they get it backwards or something? No, but uh, the lyric that I think is oddly placed. Uh, th- this that work hard, play hard. Rest in, rest in peace to Trayvon. Did yeah. so much drugs this year. I'm feeling so amazing. Like, dude, I am 100% behind a rapper or anybody, honestly, shouting out to Trayvon Martin, giving him, his, giving him their respects. Why then would you follow it up with a line about doing a shit ton of drugs and feeling amazing? <laughs> anyway, my life is perfect. <laughs> I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. Like, what the fuck? Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff like that where it's just like, what? Like, there's parts where they say shock raps and it's crazy. Like, I'm about to die under the knife, Joan Rivers. Oh, damn. That punchline, Dean Livers. Hold up, wait a minute. Moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that was cool. Once again, that's Meech. Uh, But then you have uh, Zombie Juice again. What does he say? He says, My bitch is so gorgeous, I cannot afford to spend time with her when chasing these whores. What? My girlfriend is so beautiful, I can't spend time with her because I'm having sex with other women. What the fuck does that mean? What I think is really weird with the references, like you mentioned Joan Rivers, uh, back to the song um, New Phone Who Dis, where they randomly decide to start mentioning other rappers as a thing they hadn't really done too much for the rest of the album. Like, um, um, on a mission, clearest vision, views from the scope of my Glock, uh, only high percentage shots, you with one eye, like Fetty Wap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then later... <laughs> Because with that one, it's like, ah, that's just like referencing, you know, everybody knows that that Fetty Wap's got one eye. He's he's not trying to hide that. But then later, I dropped this dick inside her. Only fuck her if she legal. I don't break the law like Tyga. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wow. Dude. Okay. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I don't really know if Tyga's the one. To be like throwing shade too, because who the fuck cares? Like no one's talking about fucking Tyga. But what was that one? Li- what was that one lyric about? Like Kurt Kurt Cobain? Like yeah. Um, I dip the dick in her. That makes her call me Kurt Dirt Cobain. Like uh, that's weird because you've never set up that that was like one of your names. So like <laughs> like yeah, I'm pretty grungy like Nirvana. Dirt Cobain is what she holla when I drop this dick inside her. Like uh, was that a name that you had? Because this just sounds random. Like she's just randomly deciding to call you someone else's name. Like and, and, and <laughs> this also follows another pretty random pop culture line. Never lied. If I did, then let me fry Futurama. Yeah, and it doesn't like rhyme. It's, it's just, just kind of uh, in there. Yeah, it's like, yes, thank you. And, 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 like, it was one of those lines where I thought maybe there was something else clever happening that I just didn't get. It was like, no, literally, Futurama has a character named Fry, you see. And, like, god damn it. 
This is uh, also the same verse that also that also throws a King Joffrey reference in there for for the fucking uh, yeah. uh, Game of Thrones fans. And I think it's also the song that references Walking Dead. Yeah, wait, what song was that? Where that's a different one. Uh, new Phone Who Dis. This is a song where he goes like, like King... Oh, yeah, he says, Glo- uh, no, King Joffy from... Uh, uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, no, no, American... Uh, coming to America. That's Joffrey you're thinking of. Oh, okay. I got you. And I don't even fucking watch Game of Thrones, so that that's where that miscon that uh that misunderstanding yeah. came from. But, but then but, later but in verse three, he goes, "Smoke to death might lose my ears. Walking dead can't feel my tears." Yeah, another show I don't watch, but I got the reference. Uh, what does he say? Oh, gloves on, murder one, Hami, like homicide, like that's that's fucking cheating. Like, that doesn't even sound cool. No one says that. That's just cheat rhyming. Like, it's a Hamid sa- Ah, shit, I can't say that. It doesn't rhyme with King Joffy. Uh, a Hami? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. What? Like, there are these. there's just one too many moments where it's just like, really? There's three of you guys, and no one decided to say, what? That sounds fucking stupid. Do that again. <laughs> like, you know? I, I, I've noticed there have been a lot of really weird abbreviations that don't sound right and I don't want people using like Rari for Ferrari. I don't understand but why at, anyone does that either. But at least like you know what it is, you know? Oh yeah. Like Rari, the most important wor- the most important part of the words that you hear is Ferrari. You don't really hear the fur as much. Mm. Ferrari. So if someone says Rari, like I get that. But a ahame and like a hami that's not even how you say it. it's homicide. They don't say homicide. Oh, and speaking of fucking stretching rhymes, there's another one where he says like, "Vaccine, I'm poison. Got guns like Marines. Smoke good. The routine. Loving that pussy. Mm. <laughs> like ah, uh, stop, stop. <laughs> they, oh, what does he say? There's another word. It was like opinions always alter when you're done. Pray to put you down. Afraid to look around. Instead, I pin it for my dogs. Hmm. Done in dogs, bruh. No. Get the fuck out of here and write something fucking else. I can't be compared to these niggas you hearing. So don't be afa- afraid when niggas don't feel you. Boo. <laughs> What the hell is this shit? I feel bad because not often do we get an album that straight up gives you other people's opinions about what you just heard. <laughs> Even though, to be fair, these aren't opinions about the album. They're, they were recorded for the album, so they hadn't heard yeah. the album yet. All they heard were mixtapes and EPs. Imagine how those people feel. Like, if they didn't enjoy this, they're like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, man. Like, I remember one guy was like, I already know it's going to be great. It's like, oh, but what if you don't? What if you don't think it's great? Now you're you're forever on this album saying it's going to be great. (laughs) And then, and then, like, there was like... Ooh, was the one guy who was like, oh man, your music changed my life, man. Anytime you're going to be here, I'm going to follow you, man. I'll follow you to the edge of the earth. Anytime you're in Salt Lake City, man, I'm seeing you guys. Yeah, and I'm listening to this. I was like, 
Uh, where is the point where they made the life-altering lyrics? Because I'm not fucking hearing it. That's what I was going to say, just, man. I'm listening to all these people being like, oh my god, your fucking music's incredible. It's so life-changing. And I'm like, I didn't feel that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's cool, you know, it's cool, like, my music, and every now and then they do the over-the-top shit. But my problem is they don't go over-the-top long enough for it to matter. Yeah. Like, every now and then they mention, like, oh, I'm gonna go to hell with Satan, but it's, like, it's not enough to, like, make you go, like, holy shit, is this dude really on one? Is he really on this shit? Like, it's just, like, you know, it's it's cute little, little, uh, filigree bullshit around the actual track like they never really go all the way with the crazy shit you know yeah it's, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly what their gimmick is if they have a gimmick because sometimes they're super chill and their songs like uh fuck hold on i had it open um, there was a flyaway mm, was and, that the one uh, i'm thinking of no, wait, Ascension was fucking crazy, but there's only one goddamn verse on it. Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking of This Is It, where it's 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 pr- pretty chilled out and all that. But then there's other songs where it's, like, all about drug use. Then there's other songs that are more down to earth. But I'm still trying to figure out why they're Flatbush zombies and why one guy is zombie juice and what the point of that yeah, is. Like- like, their names sound like it's gonna be some wild-out shit, like, yeah. and, and look at the cover of the album. The, I'm yeah, like, the, oh, fucking. The album art's done by, like, like, a comic book artist who's, like, done Yo. shit for Marvel, and it's awesome. Like, the cover is one of the coolest I've seen in a while. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit, I better fucking strap in. Yeah, I, I, I didn't feel that, man. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say... I'm leaning towards maybe a, let me see here, it's a toss-up. I'm going to go ahead and say I would give this a 3.75. I'd give it like a two and a half. Wow, damn. There was one too many just dumb lyrics in this fucking album. Yeah, um, yeah. It just litters all over the shit. I really wanted to like this more. And even the album titles, they're like, uh, the song titles, you know, uh, uh, 3001, A Laced Odyssey. Yeah, the first song called The Odyssey. Oh, man, where are you taking me? Eh, you know. Like, even the intro, you have the monkeys howling and they're talking about how they're going to take you to this crazy place. Eh, yeah, they don't really deliver on called, that. Yeah, you have a song called R.I.P.C.D., which I thought was going to be like... I was thinking of that movie, R.I.P.D., Rest in Peace Department or whatever. <laughs> like, it was going to be, like, about, like, killing people or something. I do not just know like, what that oh, is. Rest in, rest in peace to the CD, you know. They didn't even really talk about it like that, you know? A Spike Lee joint has absolutely nothing to do with movies or Spike Lee or anything like that. All these cool-sounding track names. New Phone Hootis isn't really about that. <laughs> this Is It has doesn't have even a slightly, like, epic feel to it. Your favorite rap song is eh. Like, you know what I mean? Nothing really smacks you as hard as I feel like it should have. So, uh, er- earlier I asked you what your favorites were. What were your favorite tracks? Uh, uh, oh, uh, I would say, I was gonna say Ascension, but it fucking stopped after one verse with a fucking crazy, like, I say I'm gonna be gone, but I know I'm not really there yet, but I'm still fucking going crazy. <laughs> like, that was what I thought this album was gonna be, and it didn't deliver at all. I like the R.I.P. CD, uh, and I did like the Spike Lee joint, but, like, and those were, like, the main ones. Everything else was, like, below a five. 
yeah. Uh, everything else is just kind of like, eh, it's, it's cool, but they're not really, like, consistently blowing me away with anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I liked uh, Bounce. I liked Trade Off. But in the sense that while I'm listening to them, and even now, those songs reminded me kind of of either like Danny Brown or Schoolboy Q, but weren't on that level. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, could it, doesn't, it doesn't push itself far enough mm-hmm. to really like be crazy, you know? Yeah, I, I was teetering between 3.75 and a 3.5. I'm probably going to finalize my 3.5. Yeah, Um. I can feel you on that. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I'm going to be revisiting it. But, um... I, yeah, I, like, so- it, yeah, well, if, it, if it was just, like, you know, Meech, I could see that. But, and even he kind of all does at points, but, like, the whole group all together is just... One what, like every song has a whack lyric on it. You know what I mean? Mm. There's not like a point where it's just like, oh, that was completely solid. And the ones that don't, they're like, you know, just the like two minute songs. And also, okay, so remember at the tra- end of track eleven where they're like, the Odyssey is complete. Now are you ready for some bars? It's like, wait, what? What were you just doing for the last like forty five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Like, were you, was that, were you holding back for 11 fucking tracks? <laughs> like, why are you saying this, you know? Apparently, uh, Eric the Architect has released several solo projects, but not Meech. Oh. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But yeah, that dude had a lot of personality. The other two were kind of like, eh, okay, you know, they're, they're cool, they're there, you know. But yeah, like... I just didn't understand that little, that little, that little ending there mm. on, on the track right before the last track. And, and I mean, your favorite rap song did start with some nice bars, so like that was cool. But it was just yeah. like, why would you like announce near the tail end? Now are you ready for the really good stuff? Like, wait, <laughs> you're fucking holding out on us. <laughs> now your main event. All that other shit was <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just really didn't get that. And then, like, just the idea of, like, the Odyssey is complete. Like, what fucking happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't think we ever took off. Yeah. You serious? Ah, we went so like, fast, it felt like we didn't even move. This is like the line ride of rap albums. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it sucks, because, like I said earlier, this literally ends with the second half of the last song is all people saying how much they love Flatbush Zombies and how much they want them to succeed. And at the end of the day, at the end of the album, I don't know if it's because I'm listening to all these other people say it or what, but it's like, yeah, man, I mean, I want them to succeed. They fucking on, like, on, like, a, uh, their, their own label. Um, yeah. they, they had a pretty solid album for, for what they were putting out. Um, like, it exceeded my expectations, but it didn't go all the way as to what I was hoping for. But, like... I don't know if I'm going to be really excited for what they have coming next, though. Like, from how excited these people are, maybe I'll go back and I'll listen to the mixtapes and the EPs, see if they're any better. But for their album debut, I don't know, it didn't really do it for me all that much. Which is a shame. Well, folks, that was the Going Off Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Subscribe to us on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Uh, If uh, iTunes ain't your style, 
even though people were requesting that for over a year, we're on SoundCloud too. And you can check us out on YouTube. All the episodes, are, or at least most of them, are on there. Sometimes there's visual things you could check out there also. All we're saying is, whatever the platform you want to check us out on, odds are we're on there. And if we're not, let us know. We'll see what we can do. Uh, so yeah, all our old episodes are on iTunes and Spotify, so if you want to go back and listen to all the old episodes, check those out. Most of them don't age too bad. Some of them are a little timely, but as uh, as you're posting uh, some like the best of clips on your YouTube, there's funny stuff spread throughout. So yeah, like like the the thing about um fucking uh, 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 chill Rob G. Yeah, that <laughs> stuff's timeless. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! Yeah, more people need to know about this. <laughs> I, I really want that to like go viral as like a thing, just so people can know how unoriginal that fucking song is. Yeah, like, that was fucking mean how they did him. As one more reminder, we have a new Twitter page. It's twitter.com slash goingoffpodcast. I'm going to try to be more involved on there, promoting shit, sharing videos and stuff we mentioned throughout the show. This was kind of like a second screen experience, maybe. I don't know. Right, I just want to see how many people are going to follow that page. It's like a nice little to see exactly how many offgoers we have. It's a nice little reminder, a little affirmation. But anyway, until next week... This has been the Going Off Podcast, and I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And if you're making a song, and you're on a major label, man, get that, those fucking uh, uh, p- publishing and master's rights, or whatever the fuck you need to do. Just make sure you got that shit. <laughs> do your fucking research.